Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment to visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, Here's today's episode. I'm Adam Homie. I'm your host. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are going to have fun with a topic that may seem like, on the surface, uh, candidly, duh, but when you hear what our guest is going to share with you today, it's going to open up a new level of understanding that is going to greatly facilitate your digital marketing and your website efforts. We've gotten so far into things like social media and viral video and all other kinds of stuff that the website that is the foundation of your brand almost gets short shrift these days. I've seen websites being considered mostly afterthoughts. I, for better or worse, the website is still extremely important to your brand, and we need to focus on this. So I'm so happy to be able to spend some time here discussing positive impact through digital marketing and creativity and have with us a gentleman named Ray Van Hilst. And let me just tell you a little bit about him. 20 years of marketing experience. Ray is busy empowering account teams and clients to define their web and digital marketing strategies and overseeing project execution to ensure success for both the client's business and their overall goals. He's also an active volunteer in the association technology sector and a sought after speaker about technology, web marketing and website development and management. Roy's mission, excuse me, Ray's mission. Boy, I'm just I'm roaring with excitement. Ray's mission is to establish and advance the web presence of organizations that help build a better world. Uh, I'm going to say your name 20 times and write it on a chalkboard till I get it right. Ray Van Hills, come on in. The weather's fine. Thank you so much for having me today, uh, Adam. I tried to come up with a way to butcher it, but I failed. <laughs> um, I... My signature over the years, like that thing that I put on documents and checks mm-hmm. and things like that, has deteriorated over the years. Oh. I, I think it's actually, I think it's actually risen over the years. Other people call it deterioration. It's a, it's a check mark with something that looks like a star next to a flipped sideways S with an accent mark on top of it. Is the best way to describe it. But back during my college years, you could almost still read the, the letters and the words. And several people who did not know each other saw that signature on documents and thought that I, my name was Alan. <laughs> to, the po- to, the point, to the point where my college nickname in certain circles was Big Al. There you go. There you go. So there, I, bu- I, butchered it. I butchered my own name for you <laughs> to make it up to you. So, you. hey, um, what we want to do here before we dive in, and we're going to have so much fun with our conversation, is on our episodes we like to get to know the person on a more personal level so tell us a bit about your journey i read off your bio and it's awesome in fact i'm not even sure if i'm qualified to be here and it's my show uh tell us a little bit more about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion making a difference for your community market and audience yeah sounds great so i got my start as a traditional marketing person went to college majored in advertising uh, fell in love with arts marketing, which does a lot of work with nonprofits. And one of the things I saw in that, I used to work with Disney on Ice, if you've ever been to see those shows. Yep. And if I was ever having a bad day, I would go to the show and I would watch the audience. And you see the impact that Disney on Ice brings to communities and families having that good time. That really reminded me of the positive impact and ways that we as marketers make other people's lives better. Yeah. Along the way, I ended up working in an agency and then I discovered digital and just fell in love with it. And I now work at Yoko CO, Yoko Consulting. We are a digital marketing agency and we work exclusively with organizations that are making a positive impact in the world and are motivated with the mission beyond profit. So, you know, that helps me, keeps 
using the web as that lever. I mean, yeah. really your website is your biggest lever to make an impact in your business, in your organization, in your nonprofit, your association. And that's what we, our entire team gets passionately excited about and helping clients do. Right, right. And as I mentioned in the intro, you know, we've got podcasting, you know, very important because I'm the founder of the Podcast Creators Institute in addition to the Business Creators Institute. So it's something I do a lot of work with. Podcasting, mm -hmm. live streaming, social media, making stuff go viral, YouTube, Vimeo, all this daily motion stuff. Goodness gracious. And I think that part of what we're forgetting is the importance of the website itself. So you gave us in the green room an, a series of questions. We're probably going to go through most of them. And mm -hmm. I know there's a few things we want to discuss beyond that. For our listeners, this may sound almost a bit mundane to you. But the reason we're bringing some of this back is, is because I candidly think it's been so long since we've come back to this stuff that people don't even have a frame of reference, in my opinion, for understanding how to make decisions about getting your website done. So we're going to start with at the kind of a basic level, then we're going to build from there, and then we're going to follow whatever roads naturally emerge as we enjoy this journey together. So uh, the first thing we want to you know, look at, for example, is... You know, let's just start with getting a website done or, in mm -hmm. this case, real done. And I'm going to throw a brief little curveball at you. About how often should a company refer, you know, remodel, rebuild, or revise its website you know, in terms of layout, design, yeah. and things like that? Okay. Every day. Okay. And here's why I say that. Uh, too many people build a website and they think of it as a brochure and they leave it alone and it sits stale for two years. They look at their website. They're frustrated. They have this, oh, man, it's a piece of crap experience. They hire a designer or developer like us. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the incoming business. They say, tear it down, start all over fresh. We do that. They wait another, then they let it sit for two years. And they go through the cycle over and over again. We web developers love that process. You keep giving us new business. Thank you very much. Yeah. What I'd really, what I'd really like you to do is look at your website as a living, breathing tool that is updated and refreshed. Maybe not every day. That might be a bit hyperbole, but on a regular basis. How often are you adding new content, updating your product sheets, and publishing thought leadership, tweaking the layouts? I mean – looking at your top landing pages and saying, okay, how is this performing? Is it converting? Is this ranking in search and making those updates? And there's a process called growth driven design, which I could like talk for an hour about where you, but basically the goal is to make small incremental improvements on a regular basis. So the website is always fresh. And what you'll find what, when you do that is actually you'll go five to seven years then before you have to do a major overhaul. And usually it's like a, a big technology change of forces at that point. Oh, I see what you mean, because the traditional way of looking at it is we, uh, you know, it, let's, let's just use WordPress, for example. We got a yep. new WordPress theme. Uh, we made some slight tweaks to the fonts we use. We had the logo freshened up, and then we leave it for three years. And then we come back and we do the massive overhaul all over again. Whereas yep. your approach is, is make little changes as you go along. If you decide you like a different font a little bit better, switch the font. If you want to update the logo whenever, update the logo. If you exactly. want to use a different shade of blue, use a different shade, a different of, blue. shade of blue. And then, just, and then just allow it to grow organically and naturally. And by your thesis, that can put out the redevelopment round several years because usually, as you just said, I want to make sure that we're agreeing with this, is it's usually some major technology overhaul. For example, yeah. it could be you decide to use a completely new platform or the same WordPress installation has been up for so long, it just has so much gunk on it that a refresh is just the way to go. Exactly. But also, the, the, as you take a look at those improvements, look at, look at your metrics and, your, and your, however you measure your business and however you measure, for example, your sales funnel, your close rate and things like that. Use those metrics to decide the improvements you're going to make. So, right. for example, if you're not rank, let's say you're not ranking in search for a key term, like then let's build a content strategy that's going to say, let's get these pages ranked in search so I show up. If your landing page, if you have, an, if you have offer landing pages that are not converting, or maybe they're converting, but you want them to be better, 
tweak those pages, like move, you know, make the make the landing pages better so that they convert over time. And there's tools you can use within your website to actually test those and say which version is converting better. And those conversions over time basically just you start seeing the website converting more leads, more opportunities, and closing more business for you at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now there's something else that we were going to discuss a little bit later on, but you know, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, Ray, okay, I'm just sitting here chomping at the bit, and I cannot wait for this to organically come up. So I'm going to do this now if this is okay, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Go for it. Guy, guys who are listening, you should hear what goes on in our green room sometimes. It's hilarious. All right. You made the observation, and when I, you said this, I thought I heard the angels singing from heaven because I've been trying to make this point myself for years, that the homepage is the least important page on the website. Absolutely. That's your view. That's and my view. I am just going to let you run with it because I want to see where this goes. Absolutely. So the homepage, if, if you're doing your job right and if you go back and look at your analytics, you should see that the homepage is not the first page that most people view seeing your website. Right. So most of the time what happens is someone does a search for something. I'm looking for a product. I'm looking for or advice on how to do something. Um, I do a Google search. I land on a page. Boom. I la I'm landing on an interior page, maybe three levels down that someone published four years ago and never thought about. Or what's even worse is I have clients where their PDFs have been indexed and I get a PDF that shows up instead of a page that tells me what, what this is. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. Yeah. Or you send an email out and that email is linking to an article or a blog post that's deep in the page. So that first page that someone is seeing, that landing page is the most important page. Because if you look at the average length of a web visit, which according to Nielsen Norman Group, who's a web usability firm that you know we all web dorks pray at their altar, they say, the average web visit is 10 seconds. And if you watch a millennial or Gen Zer, that's like 0.10 seconds. People come in, they look, they make a decision. Should I stay or should I go? Like the, like the rock song. Like, I was just thinking that's, should I stay or should I go? Yep. <laughs> and if that landing page doesn't speak to them, they're out of there. They don't come back. So you have to look at your, you know, go into your Google Analytics, look at your top landing pages. If you didn't know who you were and you were a new customer, a new prospect coming in, would you get the information you think someone will be looking for? And would you actually click to the next page? And then they're going to go to the homepage. You know, the homepage becomes that point of validation. I saw this article. It looked helpful. Oh, who are these people? Click on the homepage. Boom. Now that better resonate, but it's still, that's the second view that someone has seen. Um, and then the other thing to think about the homepage is that a good homepage directs people. So the other, if you look at branded search and someone that did Google your name landed on the homepage, the homepage should simply should communicate your value proposition, but right. then quickly get people to the next content. So that next content actually becomes the most important thing. It's, it's, it's like right. the toll booth to the next, to work to your actual destination. I like that analogy. So yeah, um, I have said many times, I've said this from stages, I've said this on podcasts, I've said this on webinars, I've said this is the topic of a subchapter of my international Amazon best-selling book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, that the, the last thing that you need or want in your business, in fact, if you have this in your business, get rid of it, because it's holding you back. That last thing you need or you want, and I heard you chuckle, you might actually know what I'm talking about here. Last thing you need or want is traffic to your website. Exactly. You get it. You get it. Maybe you read the book. Maybe you saw one of my articles, but you get the idea. And then, and you probably also heard the point where uh, what we're doing is we're doing a renaming and repositioning exercise. It's not about traffic to your website. It's about visitors to your web pages who fulfill the three P's of website conversions, pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the other piece is, the, the error that I see people go for is creating content and traffic within their site. That's completely off topic of what they talk about. Yeah. I mean, so all, so all you're doing is bringing in traffic that's not qualified and confused. 
I'll give you an example. And uh, you know how uh, you can go to these um, these websites that collect Reddit stories like uh, the most sick revenge I ever got on somebody or mm -hmm. the moment I knew that she wasn't the one for me. Mm -hmm. I am actually seeing a couple SEO firms out there, I will not name them, that are saying to people who run all kinds of websites, take some of these Reddit story articles and stick them on the back end because people look for this stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you candidly, um, along, along with, uh, along with, certain things on YouTube that just amuse me and watching old Beavis and Butthead episodes, those Reddit story articles are like my intellectual junk food. And when I'm reading them, I'm not thinking business. So why no. would I go to a business site to read that stuff? I want to go to Ula or something like that <laughs> or rate my job or something along those lines. I mean, now a site like ratemyjob.com, which literally is what that means, rate my job, for them to have articles with some of those, my worst job ever, or the moment I gave no, or the epic reason I quit without notice is because those types of stories are actually relevant to uh, attracting visitors to web pages who are gonna rate their jobs. But if I'm putting in stuff like Bridezilla's and stuff, doesn't make sense but yet I see SEO firms doing that simply because there are metrics that show those types of articles get a lot of eyeballs they get a lot of eyeballs but they also and and what the SEO firms are promising at that point is backlinks in which yeah. they're, unqual they're unqualified backlinks and actually you do run a risk with some of those things of getting those backlinks um, nailed by Google so Correct. remember Google does not consider all backlinks equal so there are some that are going to be you know, authentic, good backlinks are good. They move up, but those bad ones, they could actually end up pushing you down in the rankings and, and hurt you in the long haul, long term. Hey, I, hey, years and years ago, and this is another reason why this topic is interesting to me. I'm not in this business anymore, but I used to own a website development firm where I literally dressed up as a doctor and uh, promised to do life-saving surgery on websites. <laughs> but, uh, and there was a time when we had 40 clients. And I remember the day that like seven of the clients all came to us at once and one, they, they didn't know each other, but they all had heard the same thing where they, I guess they took somebody's course or something mm -hmm. and they wanted us to add links to the footers of their website oh, that, that, link, that link to all kinds of random sites um, that I guess were part of this global network of creating things. Now I'll skip to the punchline here. Uh, we put all this stuff up because, oh, and, they, and, and a couple of them even paid extra because it was urgent. Hey, if it's urgency, you'll take your money is how I look at it. And I, I'm just being candid with that. Uh, about two weeks later, they all urgently needed those links removed because they were getting whooped I, in the algorithms. Yeah, I, so I, th I think that's the thing to remember when, when you think about your website. Um, I have a quote in one of my presentations from Matt Cutts, uh, who used to run the spam team at Google. And he basically said in this presentation – we want to find the most relevant links. Like when you do a search, like Google's algorithm tweaks are all about actually being helpful. And they say that even if you do brain dead stupid things, we're gonna tweak our algorithms to find the links. And so their algorithms are, they're constantly updating on how can they be more helpful. And this comes back into my second rule about web, about web development is to be helpful. When you look at your website, you know, a lot of people build a website like, hey, I'm going to tell my audience all about me. This is awesome. These are the things I do. I'm going to save you. And when someone comes to your website, newsflash, it's not about you. It's about them. They're coming in to solve a problem. They have a pain point. So be helpful. So when you put your content on, the, on your website that is actually helpful and it's actually relevant to the pain that your customers and users are going through, Google's just naturally going to keep tweaking their algorithms to surface your content up. Gaming yeah. them is, is, is only going to get you slapped back down. Exactly, exactly. So I want to run something by you. Um, hey, I mean, we've heard about link exchange. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that conversation has been going on be since the beginning of time. And I have a theory on this. I haven't had a lot of opportunities to test it, but I wanted to run this by you because you're in the thick of this. Is that, Let's say that you and I want to exchange backlinks. Now, 
connotationally, that means, hey, you put a link to the Business Creators Institute on your site, and I'll put a link to uh, I'll put a link to yokoko.com. I know you pronounce it differently. I'm just trying to say phonetically so people know <laughs> yokoko.com. Yokoco.com. There, I gave you a little uh, URL plug, and I'll put a link to yokoko.com on the Business Creators Institute.com. Well, okay, that like where does it even make sense to do that? Like recommended resources or drop it in the footer or something. And for what? Uh, my, now where I'm going with this, combining with the idea of the homepage is the least important page. The last thing you need or want in, in your business is traffic to your website because you want visitors to your web pages instead is you and I get together and say, you know what? We could give each other a little bit of juice. How about, um, how about you write an article about me and I'll write an article about you? Or how about we get on each other's uh, podcasts and we'll put links to each other's websites in our blog posts about the episodes. So we do something where we actually are exchanging links, but we're exchanging links to relevant web pages on each other's sites and it's natural content rather than, ma rather than manufactured content. Ding, ding, ding. Win a win a chicken dinner. That's exactly uh, I thought so. I thought so. I just wanted to make sure. That's exactly, that's exactly the way we do it. So if you have an article, if you're writing an article about web design and development or using your web, you know, or using your website as, a, as, as your number one marketing tool, and it's an organic thing with best practices and linking in and linking that organically in a way that's natural over, that's really what makes sense. And then also when people are doing that, they should be looking at not just linking necessarily on the name, but uh, uh, of like Yoko, yokoco.com, yeah. but also link off of the term around that in a, in a way that's helpful. And, and if, if you were to then come across this and you clicked through, would the destination where you're going to, would you actually find that information helpful? For, so for example, not necessarily to the homepage, but maybe to an article that we wrote about yeah. best practices. That's, you know, again, with, with your links, keep being helpful within that and put the user first as opposed to just a gratuitous link to the homepage. I like, I, I like that a lot. And uh, you actually answered my next question, which is we don't necessarily link to, like if I were to spell out your name, I wouldn't necessarily use that as a hyperlink. I might not even necessarily use your company as a hyperlink, but I might say, you know, like, what is the topic? Like, um, like web, uh, best practices for website design. Mm -hmm. That might that might be the link that I highlight because that's the type of visitors you want to attract to that web page. Exactly. People who want to know more about best practices for web page design. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we do we do the same thing with several organizations. We work with a lot of associations. I'm going to use them as example because associations, by what they do, become the domain authority. That's 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 an seo pun that i actually did intend i can't believe i did that but they <laughs> associations do become the domain authority of um of their topic uh but their homepage is just a hodgepodge hoarder's living room of content deep down in their site they will have specific pages on topics so when we're working with our members and they're saying they're linking you know linking backward a member is writing an article about a specific topic link to that page deep within the site about yeah. that and that's what ends up having that page rank better in search and, and, and be more helpful to users. Right. Uh, back in March of 2020, uh, we oversaw a complete redesign of the Business Creators Institute website, businesscreatorsinstitute.com. And, and this was actually one of those cases where we had used a previous design for actually about six years and we made very few edits to it because it wasn't an area where we were really focusing a lot of our efforts. Uh, in 2020, we made a conscious decision to rebrand it, reposition its offerings, and begin marketing it again very assertively. So yeah, in that case, we ripped the, I mean, one day we literally just deleted the old site, just hit delete, files off the server, MySQL, gone. <laughs> and put up a coming soon page, put up a new WordPress behind it, and built the whole thing from scratch because we really just wanted to draw a solid underline under the up until now. Mm -hmm. And I will and I'll tell you a couple things. Um, you know, I, I had my designer do the programming work. Um, I did all the content work, and we collaborated on the designs. In fact, uh, some of the images you go to that website 
were actually edited by me because I wanted to get to know Photoshop a little bit better. So I got to play with tinting and shading and cropping and things like that. I, I wanted to because I wanted, I wanted to get proficient in everyday Photoshop skills so I could post stuff faster. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, the very last thing that we did was the homepage. In fact, we didn't even discuss the homepage until all the other pages were done. All, yep. the, all the posts we were putting into the blog were up and things like that. And so the homepage, I mean, it has, a big, it has a big hero at the top with our tagline, which I've said on this show several times, grow your business and thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Uh, then there's three blocks that go to three different areas of our website. The first, um, it, it's, it's a section called discover how we deliver results. And there are three blocks under it. The first is the brain bandwidth dilemma, which is the foundation of the message uh, for our avatar, which is the small business owner who feels lonely at the top and only has so much brain to go around. Mm -hmm. Then we introduce the spring formula, which is the model we created through the book Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy for how to achieve maximum results through minimalism as expressed through the spring formula in the book. And then the third block is solution for business creators where we give examples of the work we've done so and that we do so that a business creator can begin seeing themselves making improvements in their business then there's a bio block about me that links to my full bio page then there's some of our top reviews in other words testimonials from clients there's a block about buying the groundhog book and then there's a widget at the bottom that feeds in some of our favorite articles from the blog and mm -hmm. then at the bottom there's the big hero image that uh, links to our scheduler for people to do free consultations. Now, does the word hodgepodge seem particularly relevant right there? <laughs> so I stand by this. I would, I would, I would stand <laughs> on coals for 20 minutes swearing that this is optimal. And I believe it's honestly about the best that you could do with that content. I think it's awesome. I love showing people this. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of, uh, I've gotten a lot of, uh, positive feedback on them. and not just my buddy saying yeah go boy but actually people looking at it and giving analytical answers as to why it's a good design but yep. to your point to your point you can see that even with all that value on that home page and even with the best effort that we could make to make it as organized as possible it That's still comes across it still comes across as a hodgepodge because it creates points of entry like the toll booth analogy you mentioned because uh, you can go through a toll booth and you can go one of five different directions depending on which turnpike you're entering uh, mm -hmm. but the bottom line is to attract visitors to this site, I want to focus them on web pages. So I want to take them to a particular page or a particular post, depending on the topic, the goal, and the avatar. So, so that that that's a great. So that's a really great way to think of it. And because you're saying web pages, yeah. So one of the things we do, and when we're working on a strategy with our clients, is is look at each web page and look at the content within the page, and we map out our content strategy based on what we call a conversation spectrum of from oblivious to converted. So it goes oblivious, uh, oblivious, curious, intrigued, invested, converted. Okay. Oblivious is I have a problem. I don't even know how to solve it. So I'll use the, let, let's use um, my dryer is broken and it's no longer heating. How do I fix it? Right. And then curious is, oh, there's this part available. Well, how hard is it? Oh, it's only 12 bucks. I might be able to do this myself. Intrigued is let's take a look at a video about how to pull the dryer apart. This is the point. Usually we start pulling it apart, we get frustrated. And we look at, oh, I looked at this video from this dryer repair dude. Now I'm invested. Let's give him a call and, and have him come out and do it because my wife's mad at me because it's been three days and the dryer isn't working. <laughs> yeah. So your content in your website is the same thing. So as you look at your content and whatever it is you talk about from the problem to the conversion, guide the user at the bottom of each page or somewhere within the page to that next article within that journey. And it might be, for example, um, you know, an article about what is a topic that links to your services about that topic. And then has, and think of that as like one-on-one content that goes to a certain level and then links to other articles that gives a little bit more information. And if you plan that journey through the website properly, you'll find that a lot of people never actually even touch the homepage because they're, they're on that lane that they're going for of trying to solve that journey of what they're trying to solve. But that does require being intentional 
it requires knowing your user and thinking about who they are, thinking about what their pain points are and what they're trying to solve and keeping them within that funnel to drive that conversion. Right. Right. I am. I mean, I am. I am with you on that 100 percent. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I just want to bring this bring. I want to bring up two things, uh, one of which is an Easter egg and another which is uh, pretty self-evident. <laughs> when we went live with businesscreatorsinstitute.com, uh, we posted 71 articles to its blog uh, because candidly, I did not see myself blogging this thing every week. I, mm -hmm. I know the whole I know the whole argument by heart, so I get it. But we were really focused on getting a lot of content on there very quickly that we could then rotate and have available for things like use as a response to any possible question that comes up uh, for organic purposes, for people searching on themes and topics, and also so that it's available if some uh, newsletter curator wants to grab my content and just run with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, and because of that last point. And I know this because I do curation work for some of my VIP clients where uh, I literally just do searches uh, based on keywords and find, and find articles and put them in the document and give it to their digital marketing team to format into a newsletter. Um, I don't check with the authors. I don't, uh, or anything like that. I just say, oh, this, this looks good. This seems relevant to the theme of this week's edition. So, okay, so here's the title. Um, here's the link to it. Uh, here's the feature image they use. And if they don't have one, we'll just go to 123RF and get one. Uh, and there you go. We never communicate with that. Oh, actually, they do communicate with the author. Because after the newsletter comes out, they then share that article on their social media and tag the author. And that's how the author finds out. But notice, the author doesn't find out until it's already been curated and republished. Yep. So having that in mind, I made sure there were two things in the design of these 71 articles. Number one, that usually it's the last line of each article is hyperlinked to something. And the thing that, and, and it's like the last word or the last phrase or the last sentence of the article that is hyperlinked to something. What it's hyperlinked to is the next article in the series because they're sequential. And then yeah. at the bottom of each of these posts, there's a big hero image looking thing that says, let's team up and optimize your business with our value proposition and a link that says schedule our conversation now. So I built into the design, uh, the flow to keep them sticky on the site and keep them digging deeper and deeper if they're in exploration mode. And I made it big and prominent that if they're ready to take action, here's how you do it. We, we do the exact same thing. Every page gets a call to action. And a lot of people say like, oh, I just want people to use my resources. And this is where I air quote, read my resources is not an action. Filling out a form, <laughs> scheduling a conversation, you know, so even reading the next article, following us on Facebook, that is an action. Make the ask. This is, this is your real estate. And I think that's the other thing that people forget about the importance of the website. Like this is actually real estate you own and control. Yeah. You're not, you're not at the mercy of Facebook's mercurial algorithms of whether it's show up. Yeah. You're, you're not playing. You're not bidding for the PPC of whether it's going to show. Like this is your real estate. This is your front yard. Might as well use it. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's not get started on Facebook. <laughs> I've had those rants before. And this is, and see, our listeners know that in many time, in many of these episodes, I, um, I will go on a really, really hyper rant where I'll drop F-bombs and everything else. And I got to tell you, Ray, I'm not feeling it today. And I'm going to tell, okay. exactly, tell you exactly why. First of all, because I sensed, uh, I sensed your avatar might not be as much into that. What I discovered when I went into, when I developed that sort of, for lack of a better phrase, shock jock type personality thread about a year ago is that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I try and maintain situational awareness of my guests and their audience. So I thought about who is actually going to be tuning into this and would they be attracted to it? Now there are, now if you came to me with a different topic and a different persona, uh, we might be, we might be like trying to one up each other on that stuff right now. But this is more like a couple guys hanging out, uh, sharing war stories. Yeah. 
So if it makes you feel better, my, my wife is a second grade teacher teaching distance learning and she's in the other room right now. Yeah. And uh, she, frantic <laughs> she frantically texted me last week. She's like, my, I think my kids can hear you tone your language down. So um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've not been afraid to drop an F-bomb here or there. But All right. So <laughs> this, this, is, this has been pointed out to me. Um, and this goes back to the day. I mean, these days, a lot of people use WordPress or some sort mm -hmm. of framework that can usually yes. be purchased and adapted. Uh, mm -hmm. WordPress is statistically the most common one, but there are others. And yes. I'm not going to you know, have this be a conversation about which is better than the others. But back in the days when we used to do things, uh, we code them in, in HTML. And remember the debates about things like, should it be .shtml? And should we use server-side includes and all the other stuff? Vaguely, but because I'm because I'm a marketer and I paid attention when I was hiring that. But okay, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, for the for the real techno geeks, uh, it was yeah. actually a debate with the client sometimes to explain to them that yes, you want server side includes because if you need to change a link in your footer, you don't want to have to edit 500 pages. And there was actually some stupid argument out there that claimed that server side includes were bad for SEO, which is just dumb. But anyway, here's the thing. Uh, back when sites used to be hand-coded as a general rule, the developer would sometimes put something in there like, like, um, like uh, use this CSS for moron shitheads who still use Internet Explorer 6. And they would yes. forget to take that <laughs> reference out. And the clients would catch it. And usually the clients had a sense of humor about it. But I had to be aware uh, when I had people working on my stuff to just check mm -hmm. real quick to make yeah. sure that when they were blowing off steam in the code that they remembered <laughs> to take that away. Uh, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, I think some of our listeners, especially those who have been in this game for a while, know what I'm talking about. I think, uh, yeah. I've, okay, I've okay, found, for I've our listen, okay, for our listeners, yeah, and for our listeners, there's your rant. I delivered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen Easter eggs from coders, from developers, in in, in the code before. So I've, yeah, I've definitely found that. Let but, me throw. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, but you, but you make a really good point. Just thinking about, you know, all the all the frameworks that are out there right now, and and so okay, you you rant, and now I get to rant. Go for it. So one of my biggest pet peeves is developers that hard code their sites. So they deliver a site, they hard code it, and they build it in a way where the client wants to make a change and they have to go back. And the developer charges them that hourly rate just simply to change a word. I mean, and that, yeah. that pisses me off to no end. I literally want to like claw, crawl through the internet and beat the crap out of them for that. Agreed. Like, Agreed. Like when, when my job when I deliver a site is to teach the client to fish and help them manage that for the long term. And when we do this right – and we partner with our clients, and I, I term it leveling up like in a, in a video game. Like, uh -huh. okay, this year you're learning how to change the words on a page and maybe post something. And then next year you're changing, learning how to do a develop, you know, build a nicer landing page and do graphics work. I mean, that empowers the client to be more successful. Um, yeah. And I, co I come across it all the time where I look at something, I'm like, that damn developer hard coded that page. It just. It, <laughs> steams me up every single time yeah let me uh, let me uh, let me develop that one step further um there's a web development firm i know it's also a digital marketing agency that actually does that thing where they'll charge you um even if it's a change one word it's the minimum one hour rate and it's a hundred dollars oh. now 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 before you groan let me develop it a little bit further it's because they designed the websites in such a way where the client or some other assistant that they hire can easily log in to change words, add pages. They can even play with their fonts if they want to. The reason they charge the $100 minimum, even if it's a change one word, and I'll tell the client this because candidly, they don't want that business. They want the client to either do it themselves or to hire somebody at that pay grade to do it for them. That's good. I like yeah. that. Although I will say that I, I use the analogy with our clients of think of me as your finishing carpenter. So if they're building a page, like you go ahead and rough it in and get it all in and then have me come in at my higher, at, at our higher value rate and just put the finishing touches on and put it over the top. And then yeah. while we're doing that, we'll teach you what we did so you can go and do that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I made this point on mastermind calls and things like that. If you really want to piss off your webmaster, ask them to change an individual word or fix a broken link. 
because uh, it, it, it gets to the point where they're, they're used to doing all kinds of high-level miraculous stuff that they actually get irritated by having to fix a broken link, even if it's their fault. Yeah, I actually don't mind it. I well, you, I, I'm, I just you, I'm just telling you, I'm just, oh, of course, of course. And see, that's the other thing too. And this is, uh, and this is what, I, when I coach uh, companies like digital firms, because I do a bit of that as well, is I, I tell them what you want to do is you want to get paid up front. Uh, you want to charge the higher rate. And then that puts you in a position where if they come back three months later and say, uh, the plugins broke. Could you fix it for me real quick? Or uh, I noticed that uh, there's like uh, some Latin text that got left on this one page. Could you pop in and remove that real quick? Well, hell, you already got paid handsomely mm -hmm. for the project. No big deal because yep. it annoys me. And I know firms that do this that not only charge the high premium rates and get paid up front, but then will uh, make you pay $50 a month whether you contact them or not, just so that they're available to you. Yeah. I've well, never, I, I've never agreed with that. I'm sorry. I, I, I think you bring up a really awesome point though, about how much, you know, how much to charge for a project and how much people yeah. be willing to pay. This was actually and, my next, yeah, well, this is one of the questions on our list. So why don't we get into that? How yeah. do you know, how do you know, how do you know that you're hiring a good firm? Like how do you vet them? And mm -hmm. then what's a good rate to pay? And I know there's not one standard answer. So you're probably going to give us a framework for making a decision. Go for it. Yeah. So, so, so let's start off with what, what makes a good, good partner or a good web firm. Yeah. Is this someone that gets you and understands your, understands your business and looks at your business prop, business holistically and is, is becomes that partner to look at what you're trying to do? So is this someone that says, okay, I get what you're trying to do and, 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 uh, and is speaking your language within that and is also partnering with you in the way that you like to partner? Because not, not everyone wants – you know, there, there's diff different types of relationships. Some people want right. an adversarial, so on and so forth. Um, I fundamentally believe that uh, we work best when we collaborate with our clients. You know, our clients are experts in their business. I'm an expert in web development and digital marketing. When the two of us come together and that Venn diagram overlaps, that's where awesome stuff really happens. Um, and I think someone that is able, another good uh role of a, of a web partner is someone that's looking out for your, lo your long-term investment because building a website is a sizable investment. So is this someone that's, that's basically keeping you from making big mistakes and, you know, like, Oh, I think I should do X, Y, Z. Yeah. I don't think you really want to do that. And here's why and explains it. And it's helpful within that. Yeah. Um, the worst kinds of web firms are just simply order takers. Um, and uh -huh. that's the problem when you get to, you know, a lot of people come in and like, man, I really want to work with you, but you're expensive. And I got so-and-so that I mean, they came in at half the cost and it's the, it's the old proverb, you know, good, good, fast or cheap. I used to say pick two, it's really now pick one. Right. Um, you know, so if, and what I have found is that those cheap firms that underbid, they end up coming back and giving you change notices and adding things on and nickel and diming, diming you. That's a best um, case scenario. There's actually a worst case scenario to that. The worst case scenario is your project runs way oh. past deadlines yep. because they had, because they had to take other things in the meantime to pay the bills because they underbid on you. Exactly. And they lost enthusiasm for you because that money's already gone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so what, what I do when I, when we're bidding out a project and we're putting the budget together for it, Based on my years of experience, I can look at it and go, okay, I know we're going to – here are the things the client hasn't even thought of that they should have put in scope and that they didn't ask for that I, are going to be the right thing. So we actually budget in our projects so that we can do it right and not have to come back and ask for scope additions. Yeah. And that way, you know, the client feels good like, okay, I, I paid a good price. I ended up with a really awesome product. I ended up learning something through the process. I enjoyed working with the team. And then – you know, at, at the end of it, like we tie analytics to everything and making sure that we have those metrics and we define that success. So, you know, looking at that overall relationship. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me give you two uh, very brief examples from my experience. Um, when we had the web development firm, and I know this is like a trip down memory lane, uh, we had relationships with people who had masterminds. So we make mm -hmm. friends with the owner of the mastermind. We become the preferred resource. And the mastermind person says to everybody, you got to have your re website redone. All right. So now never mind that the, uh, that the owner of this mastermind already had their website. We didn't do theirs. 
and they and and what typically happens is uh, the mastermind leader will tell all their their clients and coaching members to just copy mine and it, and they say that with confidence because they're saying I have what you need to be doing. I've tested this. I've proven it. Just follow my model. Don't think about this. Just go out there and be successful. So these referrals will come to us and they would just want pretty much literally that mastermind leaders website, just with their colors and their logo and their picture on it. And, uh, that's not how we operate. We can't just look at something and say, well, okay, we'll just copy paste somebody else's because we recognize that recognized at the time that every client is different and there are certain nuances to audience personality things like that mm -hmm. and and where a lot of those referrals ended was was with me saying look it's pretty clear that you're not really interested uh that much in uh our experience and what we bring to the table here as far as helping you really be successful with this uh, and you really just want a copy of what your coach told you to do well, in that case, there's a very simple solution. Ask your coach who designed their website because they probably still have the templates and can change the colors, fonts, and logos and make you one just like it. You'll probably save a lot of money because it'll be an easy project for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that was perfectly fine by me. And then we had the person who, uh, and I've done this with all my businesses. Now, when we had the web development firm, it was actually a pretty detailed process where before we'd speak with them, we had them fill out an intake form. And the purpose yep. for that was so that we could have a conversation about doing business instead of me having to ask him 25 questions over and over again. I wanted to leap into that conversation hands-on, having already done research, ready to add value. So we sent somebody, um, we sent somebody, we got a referral uh, from one of our clients, uh, this guy that he knew, and we said, great, we'll be happy to speak with you. We just need you to fill this out as soon as we get it. We'll uh, get your, um, you know, we'll get you scheduled. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. I mean, I basically tipped the guy off that just because you're a friend of my friend, we're going to at least have a conversation with you, right? So this person comes back uh, a day later and says, I don't have time for this pre-qualification crap. You either are going to do this or you're not going to. Otherwise, I have people in the Philippines. And I said, and I said all right, say hi to Rodrigo for me. Uh, yep. I don't have time for this shit. I, 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 yeah, I, we've, we've yeah. been right through that. I was, I, was, I was having this conversation. I literally sent the questionnaire over to a prospect. And I was like, look, these are the questions you're going to have to answer at some point in the project. So, so we do the same thing. We have an intake questionnaire. You know, what are your marketing objectives? We even go to like sites you like, sites you don't like, so on and so yeah. forth. What are your strategic plans? And I'm like, you're going to have to answer these questions at some point in the process anyway. You, yeah. might as well do it, you might as well do it up front. And then if it turns out that we're not a good fit to work together, at least I helped you do the thought work and get that on paper. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, part of this comes down to there's a there's a mutual responsibility in the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and you, ra you raised a really good point. I wanted to seize on something. Uh, one of the options you have for working for somebody is an adversarial type relationship. For my business consulting clients, uh, I intentionally will go the opposite direction of where they're headed. Like if they're really excited and euphoric about something, I'll go into gloom and doom and worst case scenario. If they are, uh, if they, if I find them hesitating or going into worst case scenario, I'll suddenly become the most shining, sunny optimist ever. The idea is simply that we test each other's assumptions and make sure that we're, uh, that we're demonstrating that we know what we're talking about using facts and research. So I provide so I provide the pull to their push or the push to their pull simply so that we arrive at the right place on the magnetic field that's going to attract their success. Ooh, well, I, I think somebody should be writing this down. You should. You should maybe even be recording it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the other thing to consider in a, a role that we make sure we take with our clients is I understand like when we're working with a marketing director on a website redesign, like this is one of twenty-five projects on that marketing director's plate. Yeah. And she's got her CMO and SVP like nagging her, like, where is this yada yada, the sales team and so on. So like there's a lot of pressure on, on our clients that they're facing internally. Um, our goal is to help educate them so that they can educate their internal stakeholders yep. where necessary, be the backup. I'm, you know, I've plenty of times I've had to go in and meet with the CEO and present the situation of what we're doing, but make them empowered and informed and have their back. And right. You know, so that way they're moving along and uh, knowing where they're going, they're able to make those decisions 
and you build that relationship and it really is a when we're in this together as a team it all ends up happening awesomely now there have also been flip times where yeah sometimes and i remember a specific project where uh you know basically the client was like calling and yelling us every every single day and the team was getting dejected and i said oh yeah and i was like i was like i was like i was like you really need to understand like the pain of what this person's gone through like this person is you know they're getting kicked and yelled and screamed at every single day and their management style internally is that don't take it personally we're we're just the one you know we're the ones getting kicked because that's the kicking that's happening internally and once we can disassociate from that we can turn we could we turn around we were able to deliver we were able to focus and we're able to intentionally change that relationship yeah and, and help them be better about that but that's you know a way we look at it i i we our team gets passionately excited about our clients and what they do and it's yeah that that really comes through with our clients and um and they end up excited to work with us and and go through that to the point i mean we have clients that have followed us from as they've changed jobs they've brought us into other projects Uh uh-huh i've I've had clients that have followed my businesses has gone through its different iterations yeah yeah i mean the average the average age of our vip clients here is nine years Yep. average age and it's and it's only because there's one newer one dragging the average way down <laughs> yeah so um so uh so going along with that here are two understandings i think are very important both for the person hiring a web marketing uh or web development agency or a digital marketing firm and for the firm themselves these are two understandings i think are very important now let's say i'm the client uh, mm-hmm. i have my business so i when I, when I communicate with my digital marketing agency, my web developer, what have you, I'm only thinking about my business. So I know that I only have three websites, for instance, and I know what they're all about and everything. And I know what's on this page and I know what I know what this word says here and everything else. And if I communicate with them, I simply have to remember that they have 20 clients. They have 300 websites that they're tracking that yeah, it certainly behooves me to be specific with what I'm requesting because they honestly don't know off the top of their head. And just the fact that it's going to take them time to research it to figure it out is going to delay them getting back to you on it. Mm-hmm. So if you want, so let's you know use the simplest example. If you want to change a paragraph on a page, you've got to say, remove the, yeah, go to this URL remove this paragraph and replace it with this paragraph. I'm just using a simple example. You gotta spell it out that way. Like I, I had a, you know, I had a client with the web development firm once where um, they would send, uh, they would send emails that would say, the link on the sales page is broken. Now they have seven different websites that all had sales pages on them. And after about the third time they did this, uh, I, 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 I myself, if I caught it or, you know, their assigned project manager, I, I instructed them to reply to say, cool, good to know. And uh, now the client got it after the first time. They say, well, aren't you going to fix it? It's like, yeah, all you said was the link was broken. I was like, cool, thanks. So maybe you could tell me like what page, where on the page, and what link if you want us to turn around and and fix this quickly. Well, actually, I'm going to go into three understandings here. I just reminds me of another one. The second one is, is we all want things immediately. We are an instant gratification culture. And especially Mm -hmm. because of what can be done with websites, uh, we've come to demand things immediately. So this is a conversation that even, you know, with coaching and consulting clients, I usually have to have with them pretty early on. As I say, look, I have people working for me too. And when I ask them for stuff, I'd like to have everything immediately. But uh, what you can't do is is say something once and expect it will just automatically happen within 12 hours. Uh, There's urgencies and then there's urgencies. Mm -hmm. So the point being is if there is a dependency on this urgency, like I need to have, I need to have this page up because I purchased advertising in my, in my trade, in my trade association magazine that hits on Tuesday. Well, Mm -hmm. then that means we got to get that page up, Mm -hmm. but if, uh, but, or we got to get that campaign ready or whatever it is. But if you don't mention that, then it's like, oh, we can get to that next week. No problem. It's that context and knowing what's going on with the business as a whole. Because like I said, the, yeah. you know, as I mentioned earlier, this is, this is your real estate. This is your yep. space and you're using it all these ways. Like giving, keeping your web firm in the know on everything that's going on helps us. You know, here, here's a good example. You were interviewed in a major publication 
and you're going to get featured, you know, on, you're, on, you're going to be on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. You might want to let your web firm know so that your hosting is prepared to handle that. It's, you That's know, it's, another thing, too. It's the yeah, proverbial shark, you know, the, the, shark, the, the, the shark tank quandary. Yeah, got to gotta make, exactly. make those PHP any settings are jacked way up in that case. You know, yeah. So yeah, and that's 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 another thing. I mean, even when you come to your web hosting, uh, you know, people ask me for recommendations on web hosting, and I say, well, I'm not going to tell you about price, but what I am going to tell you about is, can you uh, can you adjust your max file size upload and your maximum number of people on a page at any given time? Because if you cannot do that yourself without having to check with your hosting company, you ain't ready. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and it goes one step and it goes one step further. Is their tech support going to get you out of a jam and then give you the link to show you how to do it next time? Or are they going to say, oh, well, you have to read this article. Hey, if I just launched in front of 60,000 people and my inbox is filling up about how my website is down, I don't have time to read an article about how to change my PHP settings. I need it done now. Teach I me think- for next time, but fix it now. I actually, I, I, I actually cost a web hosting company, a dedicated server account because they left my client twisting in the wind on it just that point. Yeah. I actually think, I mean, for us, this is why we offer managed hosting for our clients. Yeah. Um, I, I tell clients, you know, you can lay awake at night worried about your site or I can lay awake at night worried about it for you. Yeah. Um, there's a premium that comes with that, but that's because, you know, we're, we manage 200 plus client sites uh, that we keep up, that we make sure are scalable, is up, is up to speed and, and running with that. I think that's a good point. Like if, if you're a small business and you're not familiar with the technology and you try to cheap out on that, like it's worth having your, ask your web firm if they offer hosting services and manage hosting. Yeah. So that they worry about because they do this on a daily basis. Right. Oh yeah. And that goes to my, and that goes to my third point. And I can, and I can teach it to you by example. Um, We had uh, this one client, uh, they meant well, but they were just a major pain in the ass. And, um, And one day they gave me the out ticket I was looking for where I needed some information about one of their projects they were requesting. And they responded to my question by saying, that doesn't concern you. And I said, okay, we're done. The point being was that it done as in, you're no longer our client, we're no longer helping you, goodbye. Yeah. And yeah. what I, and 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 uh, and uh, the explanation behind that is, we need to have an understanding both as the client and as the resource. It has to be mutual and go both ways. So this is equally pertinent to both sides. If one has a question of the other, there is no such thing as that doesn't concern you. Is it has to be a two-way communication? Yeah. If if that if, if that if that doesn't concern you, that phrase is even on somebody's mind. That needs to get out of their mind right now because you can't be having debates about what information somebody can have when you need to get the work done. So yeah. if you even have that lingering over as a cloud, that eventually is going to dump a thunderstorm on you at the worst possible time. So get rid of that now um if you if you if you're working with a firm that doesn't want to disclose information when you ask reasonable questions you may want you may you want to revisit that relationship or have that conversation with them if you yourself are candidly paranoid about oh well somebody might find out a little bit of something you can't trust the people who who hold the keys to your internet gateway Mm -hmm. then uh, i suggest certain forms of coaching for you that can help you with that yep yep yeah, it's, it's got it's got to be it's, it has to be a collaborative partnership where everyone's looking out out for 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 both partners' best interests and looking at the business and that those are metrics that you know we work on with our clients. How are you being judged? What's your sales funnel look like? What are your metrics of success? And how how can you use the website to to be successful? Okay, all right. Well, we're actually at the top of the hour, and um, and Ray, I want to thank you so much. This actually turned out beyond my wildest dreams because I because it's been so long since I've seen anywhere on the internet an honest to goodness discussion about how to work with a web developer, how to design your website, what to keep in mind to develop an effective website, and I know that we really just uh you know we really just had the uh the buffet level here we haven't had the (laughs) gourmet course but let's speak about the gourmet course very briefly we have two minutes left i want to give one of those to you and just uh give you the opportunity to share with our listeners who may be leaning in wanting to get more information on this or maybe even look for a good partner um how to contact you and what they can expect when that happens 
Awesome. Yeah. So we have lots of resources on our website, yokoco, Y-O-K-O-C-O.com. Uh, check it out. We have lots of articles, best practices. We also, we also link over to our YouTube channel. You can see myself and Chris Yoko and our other team members sharing web best practices. Um, I'm also easy to get a hold of. Um, just send me an email, ray at yokoco.com. I describe myself as being pathologically helpful. And so if you drop me an email, I'm probably going to write back to you with all kinds of information and we'll set up time to chat. Um, and, you know, willing to chat with you and, and answer your questions. And if, uh, if it leads somewhere, great. If not, then we had a great conversation along the way and uh, met some awesome people. So. Awesome. So I'll say, I'll say your URL just one more time for our listeners. That's uh, www.yokoco.com. So Correct. yep. Ray Van Hills, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. All right. And for all of our listeners, uh, we trust you've enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to take a moment and visit our website and check out our previous and upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And until next time, have a great day. Take care.